perhaps we could move on now to, to your practice in particular. The way it's described on the website is, uh, I have to say, extraordinarily broad. I'm extremely impressed with that. Not only in terms of the sectors that you work on, which obviously involves construction engineering, but also IT, telecommunications, uh, joint ventures, but also the geographies, Middle East, Europe, Central, East Asia, Latin America. Just in terms of what you've worked on over the course of your career, have you noticed your, your practice change in terms of sectors and geographies, or, or, or have you always had this very international, diverse practice? No, I think it's definitely changed. I think that's partly, if I can put it this way, as my career has progressed and I, I sort of gained in seniority, and partly to do with the reflection of the sort of work that Chambers has done. So I'd say back in the day when I started out, which is you know early 1990s, we and I did a lot more domestic work, really big infrastructure, with some international work, not, to be frank, a huge amount at the junior end. You know, it was probably the silks who were doing it, but the bulk of our work was domestic. And where it was international, it probably came, and certainly the work I was involved in as a really young junior, predominantly from places like Hong Kong, Jersey, countries with strong connections with England. And it was more, if I can put this way, construction engineering focused. Most of our work still has a construction engineering angle, but I'd say that it's become a much wider range of projects, work, legal questions that we're involved in. And so I'd say that the shift has really been, certainly for myself over that time period, an increasingly international practice, starting obviously again building on countries like, um, or regions like Hong Kong, but then moving out towards Asia, the Middle East, South America, latterly Africa. And that really reflects the industry more broadly. It reflects where really big infrastructure, energy projects are taking place. And it reflects the businesses who are often involved in those. You know, the top 20 construction firms globally are all based outside of the UK. And so that, I think, has driven a lot of the work that, that certainly that I've done and we've done. And I think in terms of the breadth of that work, I think some of that is, again, to do with seniority, but a lot of it is to do with the time frame we're talking about. Uh, insofar as, you know, when I look at my practice today, some of it is very, if I can put it this way, traditional big construction engineering projects. Might be a, you know, a power plant or a road. But equally, you're seeing, or at least I'm seeing, an increasing uh, amount on the energy side, commercial, what I would call the commercial disputes, but related to energy or, or large infrastructure disputes, where I think clients are becoming more aware of what the bar has to offer and, in essence, where the skills that, you know, that specialist uh, advocates are selling, in essence, or offer their clients, are the ability to digest a large amount of complex information, to identify what aspects matter, to see, to find a strategy through that, uh, and to uh, ascertain and to find a way of presenting that in a way that's going to be favourable to the given tribunal. And so I think those skills have have lended themselves um, to to a sort of a wider spread of work than probably, you know, would have been possible 20 years ago. And I think that's that's partly because the market has grown so much, really. You know, when you're looking at some of these jurisdictions, I mean, if you look at some of the projects in the Gulf, 
They're absolutely massive in terms of the finance that's been invested in them, in terms of the physical scale. You know, places where you might see whole cities being built together with the infrastructure around that and where you have numerous contractors from different jurisdictions. And so, you, you, you know, you have, I suppose, the um, from, a, from a dispute lawyer's perspective, um, a, a much greater scope for disputes. Um, in many cases, they're much more challenging and they're certainly um, higher value. And so that then brings um, a number of issues around how you fight those cases. Um, so I would say in terms of the change, going back to the question you asked me, um, I've definitely seen a change. I'd say on the domestic front, um, one of the big uh, sort of shifts for us, two big shifts I'd probably point out that I've noticed. One is obviously in that time frame, um, the increasing use of ADR, really sophisticated ADR, um, which has taken away a lot of the, the actual cases that tend to fight in court. You know, clients are more able um, usually with the input of lawyers, but are more able at an earlier stage often to find their way through a dispute um, with, you know, with the benefit um, of often a, a mix of ADR. It's not usually one thing fits all, but um, so that's made a difference for us and, and, you know, probably fits in with more of our work being international now. On the other hand, you know, on the domestic side, um, there's definitely a strong domestic basis coming out of some of the big infrastructure projects this country is still invested in. Um, and just right now, um, you know, seeing some of those PFI um, contracts come to an end is certainly generating disputes, um, which are different in nature from, you know, what I would have been involved in sort of 20 years ago just because of the, the sort of complexity of the financial arrangements that sit behind them, the complexity of the contracts. Uh, so I think it's, it's, it's shifted quite a bit, but at the, at the core, we're looking, you know, I've, I've continued to really focus on large, complex disputes, and obviously the cases are a lot bigger now than they were uh, back in the day. Yeah, that's, I mean, everything you've said is, is consistent with what we've experienced at, you know as a, as a as a law firm and as a practice um in, increasing international work and then just just pausing on that i think international law firms have obviously always been involved in international work uh, by by definition but the but i think the english bar have, have done a fantastic job of um of getting involved in cases which wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't necessarily have a link to England, for example. What I'm really saying is the quality of the, the English bar, particularly the construction engineering sector, is basically is probably the, the, the root cause of that success. Uh, people recognise the quality, the expertise, science, law firms. I think it's remarkable. And just also mentioning the, the split between domestic and international work at this particular point in time, because obviously I appreciate it changes, what percentage would you say your practice is at the moment? Well, I'd say yeah, right at this, yeah, I mean, it shifts and it changes and it, you know, it depends if you're looking at, as a typical lawyer's answer, doesn't it? it depends if you're looking at time taken, money earned, number of cases. But broadly speaking, I would say that my practice is probably about 60, 70% international. And, and that does shift. Uh, very much so. I mean, I may have a given year where it's, you know, 80% domestic if I'm working on a really big project that fights. Equally, I've had the flip the other way. But 
it's it's a constant and it it is um i suppose what you were saying earlier and it, you know for, for me it's very good to hear that from it's good to hear someone who isn't a barrister recognizing this um i suppose the quality of the english bar and i think in a way i think the international work um has allowed the the english bar perhaps um you know to really hone some of those skills because when you think of the the advocacy you know if you go back 20 years and the question you were asking me earlier you know um in terms of shifts and changes um i think people had various stereotypes in their mind about what the english bar might be and i think one of the really interesting really really interesting aspects about the profession is how amazingly flexible it is <laughs> so um you know to transport the um the advocacy and the um strategic thinking from what what was really a, a much more predominantly court based practice um and i'm not talking about particularly about myself here but the english bar more generally the commercial bar construction bar into one where you know the international work is at least as important as um for some people more for some people less but at least as important as the domestic work and in the context of international tribunals where as you say the governing law may not be english tribunal may not be english the parties may not be um but where in essence the bar is offering that expertise but where it's actually adapted those skills because the skills do play a little differently um and so you know cross examination in the context of an international arbitration between you know to um parties from a, from a different part of the globe is going to be different and i think that the bar in a sense has taken that challenge on with gusto um it's i must say it's one of the things i really enjoy about it i really enjoy the fact that it is so different and i i enjoy the mix i mean for me it's as important to keep the domestic part of my practice going as the international because i think that the the combination of both actually makes you better as an advocate yeah i mean just picking up on your point about different styles i think that is that's very important in the international context if you've got a tribunal with three of your colleagues on the you know on the panel yeah um perhaps you can adopt um and maybe they'd appreciate a more high court style of advocacy but if tribunal who are not familiar with you know that um relatively uh strict and precise way of cross examining someone um and some people i mean this is coming from clients who who've suffered at the hands of a very well prepared very experienced um qc um they feel quite um intimidated by it because it's so it you know forensically it's it's extremely yeah. challenging for them you know they've got to be precise about the answers they give uh uh woe betide them if they lie about thing or 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 forget something um you know that they find that they find that quite intimidating um some tribunals who aren't familiar with that style or 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 haven't experienced that style you know you sometimes it it, it may not work quite as well um I, i don't know how you feel about about that i mean in terms of no, style, I, I, whether you have to I, how far you have to go how far do you have to change your style or maybe your style is works well because it's it being particularly I, aggressive or it's always been well, no, effective but not not too aggressive i think that that's quite an interesting question what a person's style is i mean you have to find your own style but 
I think if you're a good advocate, you will adapt that style, as I was saying earlier, to suit the situation you're in. There's no doubt about that in my mind. I mean, the really good advocates don't just stand up and argue a case or um, cross-examine. You, you have to have an awareness, even, I think, if you're a good advocate, even if you're in the same court every day, but it's going to be a different case. It's going to be a different client. It's going to be a different witness. And that's actually what makes advocacy fun. It's forming those assessments, kind of judging judging that situation and figuring out how to approach it. And I think you're right. In, in the international context, uh, if you're you know appearing in front of a three-member tribunal or from you know a different region in the world, you need to think about what their cultural sensitivities are. Yes, absolutely. Before we move on, can I just ask one more question? I mean, we've talked about how your practice has developed over the last 20 years or so, um, but how do, you, how do you see things changing? Can you, have you got any views about how things might change over the next decade in terms of practice? I mean, for example, are you going to see, do you expect to see more international work overall than you see now, um, or do you expect things to stay broadly the same? Um, um, I mean, that, that, I think, I think a, lot, a lot of it will be driven by what the clients are doing, basically, uh, where they're investing, what type of technology they're investing in, what types of projects they're, they're, they're being involved in. Completely. I mean, it, it is client-driven, isn't it? I think international work is going to stay important. I think we will, my own suspicion is that I and we will see a, you know, a greater shift towards the international work. Although if the government makes you know good on its commitments in terms of increased investment in infrastructure, we may see you know more work domestically. But the international market will, I think, will stay. It will probably shift in terms of regions. I mean, we've had a lot of work, um, both you know in chambers and personally, from sort of Dubai, Qatar, UAE more generally. Um, so much has happened there over the last 10 years. I, you know, I suspect that it's going to be difficult to keep building at um, at that sort of rate. But you look at countries like Saudi Arabia, where um, certainly we're seeing a large amount of construction infrastructure and disputes coming out of that. Um, so I think I think the international work will stay, but we will see shifts as always uh, between regions. Another one which will be interesting to watch is um, what impact developments in Hong Kong may have uh, on the um, sort of ongoing battle between Hong Kong and Singapore uh, for supremacy in that uh, Asian market. Um, so I think that those are some of the the um, regional issues. Uh, in terms of type of work, I think we will see a growth in um, some of the renewable work. We've already um, probably seen that over the you know the last. Um, few years, but I think that we will see, um, you know, if you're looking at, for instance, waste to energy, waste treatment projects, um, I've certainly seen more of those, I would say, in the last five years than, than prior to that. And so I think those new technologies will um, bring with them disputes, unfortunately. I mean, that that is, um, in a sense, the price of being a pioneer. Um, invariably, um, there will be issues, challenges, and some of those, I think, will, will generate work for us. I, I guess more broadly, one of the interesting questions domestically is what happens now that these PFI contracts, the first sort of generation, um, are coming to an end. How many, you know, what will the contracting authorities do? Are they geared up for it? 
How will they manage these assets going forward? Will they renew? How will they fund it? And I think that that, again, may bring with it um, potential for work over the next 10 years. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think we're going to see geography shift a little bit um, in terms of where major disputes go in the Middle East. I agree. Um, Saudi seems to be the, the one that's likely to continue to invest heavily in, in construction and infrastructure, um, perhaps less in the smaller Emirates where they might have reached sort of close to peak, peak development, uh, at least for the moment. Um, I think what's really interesting is places like Africa and Latin America, um, yeah. where the prospect for much more construction work, infrastructure work, obviously the need for it is very, very high. 